This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for joining us today. On today's show, what does your retirement dream look like? If you're thinking you'll never be able to retire, or if you're considering delaying your retirement, or if you're thinking you'll barely have enough to get by when you do retire, you're certainly not alone. Surveys show that affordability challenges due to high inflation and rising interest rates have left many Canadians really worried about their retirement. And if you're among them, this show is definitely for you. So over the next hour, we're going to discuss the concerns of many retirees, near retirees, and future retirees. We will also have advice for you so you can be confident about your golden years. Joining me today is Doretta Thompson. She's the Director of Social Impact and Financial Literacy Leader for CPA Canada. And Jackie McCann-Scott, Certified Financial Planner and Owner at Lupin Planning Group. Ladies, thanks for joining me today. So before we get into today's topic, which as I said, is really about retirement planning and and making those feel a little better, I think, about what uh, retirement can look like for them. Why don't we start the show with um, you guys sharing a little bit about what you do in your prospective career. So maybe I'll start with you, Doretta. Um, so I'm uh, in my role with financial literacy at CPA Canada. Um, we really focus on providing uh, free, plain language, objective education for Canadians. Um, and our concern is really about helping people make better financial decisions and get on top of, uh, um, you know, understanding the language of money. So we offer um, free workshops. We have lots of online resources. We have a, a podcast. Podcast, uh, that we do um, and really it's about reaching Canadians helping them understand money better helping them make a better decision yeah you do have some really great resources right I often comment right the CPA Canada's website you can find a lot of great uh, information on various topics that we're talking about here on the show so it's a great service that you're providing for sure and Jackie what about yourself what can you tell our listeners about what you do as a certified financial planner and, and of course your, your business loop and planning group yeah, well, um, you know, first of all, I'm I'm thrilled to be on the show today with yourself and Doretta. And Doretta, I love that, you know, um, while I often say, you know, the skill set and the expertise that a, an accountant brings to the financial planning conversation and that, you know, different skill set and um, background that a financial planner brings to the conversation really do complement each other. But I love that we're on the same page in terms of our goals of providing people with, as you say, plain language that they can understand and relate to their own financial circumstances and that's very much what we try to do here at Lupin Planning Group is to always start the planning conversation around what the client you know envisions for their future where we're starting from and really helping them identify opportunities to fill that gap and in identifying those opportunities what we're doing is we are providing financial literacy education because people don't often know what they don't know and it's when you relate it to their own personal situation I find that that literacy comes alive alive for the client and they really do, um, you know, engage more in that process of learning. So uh, that's that's what we hope to do here at Lupin Planning Group. And, um, you know, we certainly rely on 
our clients' accountants and accountants that we work with to help round out that full experience for our clients. Yeah, it's so true, Jackie, right? When you're actually talking to an individual and you can relate the topics that you're talking to, because I run into it in my practice as well, it becomes more clear when they're talking about their own situation versus just reading about a particular topic uh, online. So it's uh, it's so, so important to, to make that connection. So let's move on now to the focus today, retirement planning. So Canadians, including many Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, continue to struggle with affordability. And there really is growing concern regarding retirement readiness. Surveys show the pandemic, high inflation, and rising interest rates have all taken a toll on the retirement planning of so many, leaving many struggling to save for retirement and many planning to push back the next phase of their life. So according to a recent survey by Market Research, and group Abkis data, seven in 10 poll participants consistently agree that Canada is heading for a retirement crisis. I mean, 70% is a very large number. So maybe Jackie, I'll start with you. What's your response to this statement and how concerned are you or should we be uh, about that? Well, you know, um, I, I hate to use language that, you know, instills fear in people and certainly retirement crisis can certainly do that. But I do feel that there is some truth in, in the market research findings. And I think that, you know, uh, this is not something that just started since we went through the pandemic. Back in 2019 and and years before that, uh, through consultation, the Canadian government, you know, identified that there was a gap in what people's retirement income needs were going to be and what people were actually saving themselves. And they began a two-phased, you know, enhancement of the Canada pension plan. Um, You know, one of those phases, which uh, just ended or will be ending this year, uh, was to increase the amount that Canadians and employers will be contributing to the Canada Pension Plan. So that slowly went up from 5.10% of their, you know, um, employment earnings to almost 6% at 5.95 as of this year. So that, you know, and that's obviously matched by the employer. So that's an increase, you know, of, um, of contributions. And initially, a lot of people thought that that signaled maybe the Canada Pension Plan itself was in trouble. It was not. It was the government's way to say, you know, if, if you're not saving enough on your own or you don't have access to enough employer pension plans to get where you need to be, we need to force contributions into this, you know, funded program. And, uh, you know, it used to be that we hoped the Canada Pension Plan would replace about 25% of our average working income. Now they're bumping that up to get up closer to a third, so from a quarter to a third of what your, you know, average working income will be. But that's when the second phase kicks in, which will happen next year, for people that are over a certain annual income. Right now, CPP only deals with, you know, income up to the yearly maximal pensionable earnings, which, you know, is less than 70000 a year. For anyone in a higher bracket, even if you're maxing out your CPP, you're nowhere near replacing through Canada Pension. 25 to 30 percent of your average earnings when you retire through that program. So there was huge, huge gaps, even with the enhancements, I would suggest, um, you know, a quarter to a third of your income being replaced. What about the rest? Where's that coming from? And certainly we're going to dig into that today. Yeah, for sure. And I agree with you. You know, I, I don't like 
um, creating fear with people. I'd rather focus on what can we do to plan, right, to avoid and find a solution, right, for the things that are around people's mind. And if you take a look at results from some of the other recent surveys, uh, you know, being Bank of Montreal 13th Annual Retirement Survey, it says fewer than half at 44% of Canadians are confident that they will have enough money to retire as planned. Majority at 74%, though, are concerned about how inflation and rising prices will affect their finances. And 59% believe that this will affect their confidence in meeting their retirement goals. So we often hear about or had heard about, I guess, in the past, this idea of Freedom 55. But according to this poll today, it's Freedom 62, which now appears to be the average age that many people are planning to retire. And well, according to the survey, Canadians believe that they will need $1.7 million in order to uh, retire comfortably. So, Doretta, what's your thoughts on these surveys and statistics? And are there any red flags here that concern you? I think that, um, you know, the, the magic number of 1.7 million is is kind of a shocking number. It seems very, very high to me. The more interesting thing of things about it, I think, was it was a, ju- a huge jump from even the year before. Um, and I, I don't think it actually reflects what people think it will cost them to retire. I think it reflects a lot of concern about two major things that are a huge impact today and very much at top of people's mind, and that is inflation, which we have not had to deal with inflation at these kinds of rates for a very long time, Um, and the other is housing costs. Um, And so people are afraid, and that magic number goes up. It's also interesting that um, more than half of the people also said they really didn't know how much it would take for them to retire. So the 1.7 million is like more than half of the people um, um, really didn't know that. I think the more interesting question um, about that and, and to think about how these things are affecting um, how, how people are living is that we do have a lot of concern. We have other issues that have really been brought to the fore by um, um, the pandemic in particular where we really started to see cracks in, in what we thought our systems were. Um, and, uh, and we do see, you know, people delaying retirement um, and thinking they're going to have to to work longer. Though I'm also seeing, interestingly, you know, people who are working longer um, for a sense of purpose and not not necessarily financially driven. So there are a lot of social things that are wrapped up into all that. Um, and so I think that, you know, yeah, the big number is we have a huge demographic boom that's, that's now going into the retirement years. We've known this was coming for a very, very long time. Um, and as Jackie said, you know, government's done some very interesting things about um, raising at least those kind of um, uh, bedrock um, for financial security. So I guess the thing is, is that like I, I share with both of you a kind of I don't like to to um, go into crisis mode, um, and and I'm a really big believer in looking ahead, planning calmly, um, and then being in control of, of your financial destiny. Yeah, I think that's a great sentiment, Doretta, for sure. And Jackie, you talked a little bit about uh, CPP, and Doretta, you commented as well, that the government is looking to enhance and, and try to plan better for Canadians when it comes to those plans. We know many Canadians will be reliant on those plans. Uh, and we also know there's some choices to make when it comes to when you should be receiving that income. So we're going to get into all that when we come back. Please stay with us. 
nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden. Today we're talking about retirement planning and, and some advice for those who may be concerned about when they can retire and how much they'll need to retire. My guests today are Doretta Thompson. She's the Director of Social Impact and Financial Literacy Leader for CPA Canada, and Jackie McCann-Scott, Certified Financial Planner and Owner of Lupin Planning Group. So, ladies, we talked a little bit in the first segment about, you know, the government pension plans, the CPC and the old age security. And we know that many Canadians do rely on this income for the retirement years. So I guess a couple of questions. Um, When it comes to those Canadians who are retiring and looking to that as their main source of income, what will retirement look like for these Canadians? And also, I think they need to consider when they should be opting to start collecting it. So we know, Doretta, that they can start collecting as early as age 60 or they can defer payments until age 70. And there's really a lot of debate around this. So what's your advice to our listeners out there? Yeah, I think I think this is one of those things where the answer is it depends and it's on a real continuum. I mean, if you really need the money or if you have health issues um, or you come from a family that is not long lived, for example, it may make very good sense for you to um, to start taking it as soon as you can or relatively early. If, however, you don't need the money um, and you know you're you're you come from a very long lived family, there are huge financial benefits to um, to delaying starting it and then there's everything in between so the things that you you need to look at are your current financial situation um, and and your health etc um, and then and then work that into um, when and other sources of income work that into when you start um, taking CPP um, I, I think that that it is the thing that it probably would serve you well to get some objective advice on um, to help apply it to your own personal situation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you're right. Everyone's situation is different, right? So there's not going to be a, a right answer that you can say, do this when, uh, because there's so many different factors. And Jackie, you and I have talked about that a lot, right? When we've done shows over the years with regards to retirement planning, and that's the benefit of getting the right advice. So when you hear about people, you know, wondering what they should do around uh, CPP and when they should start collecting it, when you hear things like, you know, the Bank of Montreal poll saying that you're, you need over a million and 700000 to retire, $1.7 million. What's your response to this? Because there is no exact formula per se when it comes to, to how much you need or when you should be starting to take these things. Absolutely. And and I agree with Toretta when she says, you know, this is an it depends question, but that I would take that a step further to say, so let's get down into your situation. You know, when we say it depends, okay, you know, give that some context. So what I often do with clients is we start first with what we think the need is going to be in retirement. Um, and sometimes that's as simple as looking at what their current cash flow situation is in terms of the current expenses and then projecting out to retirement depending on when that date you know that they have in their mind is set um, are there things that are going to disappear when you retire from your cash flow for example are you going to be mortgage free or are you downsizing are you going to be moving to an area with lower property taxes or you know are you going to be upgrading your home so that you'll have lower electricity costs um 
things that come out of your check when you're working like EI and CPP contributions do stop when you're, you know, collecting your income. So we, we get right into the weeds of it depends. What's your situation looking like? And then once we've identified, you know, to the best of our ability, and these things are always, you know, educated guesses, um, life does happen and these are not, these, you know, estimates are not operating in a vacuum. Um, we then identify what's the guaranteed sources of income you know you will have available to you in retirement. And so, you know, that the maximum amount of CPP benefit that a Canadian could be receiving as of 2023 is about $1,300 a month. Reality is, though, most Canadians, the average amount that they will qualify for, assuming they wait till 65 and don't take it early, um, is about $760, according to, you know, uh, Government of Canada website as of April this year. So, you know, then that's not a lot of money, $760, even though it is indexed and it will increase for inflation, which cannot be under you know, underestimated how important that is to factor in. Um, your top old age security payment, you know, or your, not your top, but your base old age security will be about $691 a month. So we've got about $1,400, $1,500 that we can probably assume, depending on what kind of income you made throughout your working years when you were contributing to CPP, that could be less or slightly more. But what I'm finding is more and more people are coming into retirement, you know, uh, with some mortgage debt or some, you know, line of credit debt. The average that I'm seeing in my practice, certainly in this province, that people are going to need just to meet their retirement lifestyle needs is about, you know, depending on where they are, at least four to $5,000 a month. So you're talking about a fairly huge gap. And then we look at how do we fill that gap? And, you know, there are two levers when you're doing financial planning. You make more, spend less. Um, and if we've done everything we can with those two levers and we're still identifying a gap, this is when we start doing what I call taking drastic action. So that might be if you weren't planning to sell your home to downsize, you might have to start considering that, you know, or if you weren't planning to work part-time in retirement, you might have to start considering that. And even though that sounds like a lot, there is something empowering that comes with clarity. And at least now we've identified, instead of this, you know, big, scary monster that doesn't have any boundaries, you know, I know there's a gap, but I don't know how big it is. If you don't know how big it is, you're going to make it bigger in your mind. So let's sit down and put it in black and white and get some parameters, and then we can start taking steps towards filling that gap. And I find people actually feel more empowered, even if the news is not great. And I think that's why these surveys are coming out. I think people are trying, you know, institutions and governments are trying to shock people into taking action. But again, you have to relate it back to their personal situation because it's only when they see themselves in the numbers that they're going to be motivated. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, you're right. Like sometimes hearing these um, survey results, people will start thinking about it. Uh, maybe if retirement wasn't on the horizon for them, but then they go, well, is this something that I should be thinking of? And I think something else that often goes unrecognized are employer pension plans, right? So it's it's interesting to me that according to the latest data from StatsCan, the pension coverage rate, that is the proportion of all paid workers covered by RPP was only 38% in 2021. And that was actually down from 39.7% in 2020. So when you think about that, that's really not a lot of, of the population. So if you have a company pension, that's great. But I think you also want to consider 
are you making the most of it? So in recent years, there have been several surveys that show Canadians are missing out on billions of dollars of potential retirement savings every year by not taking full advantage of matching contributions by their employers. So let's talk a little bit about that. Doretta, why wouldn't employees take advantage of this opportunity? I think the big reason is that they don't understand or kind of own the implications of it. You know, I, I do some work with um, with government, and I've been told by them that they even have young people starting government jobs, and we're talking about the real gold-plated pensions there, and they'll ask, how do I get out of belonging to the pension fund, um, which is kind of oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, so I think part of it is that. Part of it is maybe a sense of insecurity around, is this pension really going to be there? Um, part of it may be around, you know, people are very fluid now. Um, they move from job to job. They have, uh, you know, it's not like it was when, um, you know, a couple generations or even a generation ago where people might have one employer for a long period of time um, or for their whole careers. So they, they may think that moving around would be way too difficult. Um, I, I, my personal suspicion is that they don't stop to think about it in depth and that um, there are some really interesting things that can be done uh, to really encourage people to do that, um, you know, at point of employment, et cetera, making them have to, if it's voluntary, making them have to opt out rather than opt in. Um, and so to sort of nudge them to make decisions that are actually in their long-term best financial interest. Yeah, I think that's a great point about, you know, opting out versus opting in, because when you get your net pay, if it's already gone, you don't miss it. But if you've been getting your net pay and then you, you come to a point where you're being asked to opt in, it's harder to make the decision to see that money um, not being in your bank account every every month, right? So that, that, that I actually like that uh, a lot. So Jackie, what do you think, you know, what do employees need to understand about how company pension plans work and how they can really get the most from them? Uh, well, there's a couple of things um, that I've seen. I think, um, and, and I love that opting out um, suggestion. I think that's definitely a great suggestion because a lot of times people don't opt in because they don't feel they can afford to have that taken off their check. Their cash flow doesn't support it. And, you know, when I when they don't really get that, if we're talking a defined contribution plan where you are, you know, contributing and your employer is matching up to a certain percent, but that matching is free money, regardless of the interest rate that you're able to earn within that particular group plan, you know, the employer's matching. You're turning every dollar into another dollar. And and I don't think that that is clearly communicated. So I think one of the reasons is lack of cash flow or a perceived lack of cash flow. I'm, t- I'm going to lose something if I opt in and not recognizing the what they're gaining on the other end. And the other thing is, um, you know, a lack of comfort with the choices that are sometimes available in those defined contribution plans. You know, though I've seen the booklets. I work in this space. I speak this language and they can be very intimidating forms and, you know, and fun facts that come and people just, you know, get bogged down in the details and analysis paralysis kicks in. So I think, you know, there needs to be more um, sitting with the professional going through those options and making sure that, you know, you're made aware. I have seen that the defaults in those plans have improved 
now, if you, you know, aren't sure, you can easily, you know, say based on my age and my, you know, my target retirement date, the plans will pick what what they recommend. And, you know, and usually that's some kind of fund where as you get closer to retirement, the risk exposure goes down. And, you know, if you're further away, a little bit more risk exposure or equity exposure. So, you know, it's just about first of all, you know, having some clarity and, and having some guidance. And I think that sometimes those plans, you know, um, you're just sent a big pile of papers and you need to figure it out. And, you know, you've heard me say it, Nancy, when you you don't have to go it alone, reach out. I often sit with my clients who bring in their forms and I walk them through it, even if I'm not the advisor who's putting that plan in place, you know, just because I know what the client is trying to accomplish and I can help guide them through it. So um, I think that analysis paralysis sometimes makes people not take full advantage. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it comes back to what we say, right? You're not an expert, right? So talk to an expert, right? And um, get get the right advice. And, and to your point, you might be able to um, point them in a different direction or tell them what they think they could be doing in addition or show them how they can afford to contribute to this plan um, with regards to what they have with ongoing cash flow and, and all that stuff. So, you know, getting independent advice on, on this is never, um, never a bad idea. So what about those who don't have a company pension plan? What advice do our guests have for these listeners? We're going to hear that when we come back. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money Here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden. My guests today are Doretta Thompson. She's the Director of Social Impact and Financial Literacy Leader for CPA Canada. And Jackie McCann-Scott, Certified Financial Planner and owner of Lupin Planning Group. So we're talking about retirement planning today, and we know that many Newfoundlanders and Labradorians are, are concerned a little bit about how much do they need for retirement, when will they be able to afford to retire, will they need to push out their retirement date, so many different questions and we've been talking a little bit about you know the considerations that you have and of course it is different for everyone and in the last segment we talked about you know those who are lucky enough to be, have the ability to contribute to a company pension plan and you know some do and and some don't necessarily see uh, the benefit up front and, and different actions that you can take but I think Jackie um, as we discussed there's often people who may be contributing but they're not really making making the most of what they could be doing with that pension plan. So what can you tell us about that? Well, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, and again, I think sometimes it comes down to not knowing what you don't know. I had a recent uh, client um, experience where a client was in fairly close to retirement, within 10 years of retirement, and, you know, working really hard and really, you know, trying to figure out ways to supplement their pension plan. When I started asking some questions about the nature of that pension plan, because we were talking earlier about contribution or defined contribution plans where you contribute and your employer matches up to a percentage. You know, while those are great, I would suggest defined benefit plans whereby you work so many years, you get an average of your, you know, probably best five years of earnings multiplied by a factor for the number of years you worked. You know, those plans, you know, are even less common these days and are so much more, you know, beneficial to Canadians because they remove a lot of the risk from that retirement cash flow need. You know, you've earned this and it's guaranteed for life and I had a situation with a client who didn't really grasp the you know this defined benefit 
benefit, you know, benefit that they had built in. So, you know, in the type of work they were doing, they had the option to, you know, uh, work year round or work part time uh, throughout the year. And, you know, and they had chosen the latter. So they would take, you know, certain times a year off, um, you know, to pursue other passions and interests of theirs. And when I told them that for every now, every two years you work, you're only getting one year's credit, you know, um, now take being the first to raise their hand and say, I'll, I'll, you know, take the layoff was like, no, um, don't do that. <laughs> you need to stop doing that because now every year is giving you a year of defined benefit earnings. And um, it was like an aha moment. And this person, you know, didn't mind working the full year, but, you know, had fallen into a little bit of a pattern, didn't realize what they were leaving on the table. And uh, we were able to shorten, you know, um, the timeline to retirement and easily fill the gap that we had identified in their cash flow just by that one aha moment. So, you know, you need to speak to people that understand all these, you know, uh, concepts. Yeah, it's so, so important, right, that you talk to someone who knows because, you know, like you said, you don't know what you don't know and you could be making um, a mistake when it comes to how your retirement could look and feel uh, at the end of the day, right? And you want to do and maximize uh, the fund so that you're doing what's best for yourself in the long run. So, yeah, that's such important advice. So when we look now at those who maybe do not have a company pension, Dreda, what advice do you have for listeners and what they can do to ensure that they can meet their retirement dreams as well? I think for people who don't have a company pension, planning and getting good advice is the most important thing they can do. Um, I, I love what Jackie said about the, the sort of empowering clarity of having a plan. Um, you know, when you have a defined benefit pension, for example, there's an enforced saving built in um, that you're not, you don't see the money, you're not aware of it. Uh, and it, it accumulates over time. And it's pretty easy when you really get clarity on what you're getting when your employer is matching your contributions and, and to get that kind of discipline. But to be totally responsible for the discipline of saving for your retirement when you're in the early years of your career or when you're in those high expense years, when you have children and mortgages, etc., um, that's when it is incredibly important to have a plan that includes what are you going to do, um, uh, what are you going to do long term about your future. Um, you know, when we've done focus groups with people across the country and focus groups with, with anybody sort of over 40 and you ask, you know, what's your biggest financial regret or what would you change? The results every single time without exception are, I would have started saving earlier. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that at all, right? Because people, you know, when they're younger, their retirement seems so far away, right? And they don't really understand the concept of compound interest, right? <laughs> and the difference that that can make to their, their retirement savings. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Like I... I tell all my nieces and nephews, you know, start early. As soon as you start working and having an income, it doesn't matter how big or small you can put away for your savings. You need to, to start as soon as, as you can because of that concept of compound interest. It's the habits that get you there. And the earlier you can start forming those habits, you know, um, the dollars will take care of themselves. It's the habits that need to be formulated. So good on you for talking to, you know, your, your, the young people in your life, the young adults getting 
started and helping them, you know, um, establish those good habits. Yeah, it's so, so important. And there, there's different products that are out there, right, that people may be considering, not sure what the right thing um, should be for them. And, and if maybe it is dependent. Uh, I'll ask you guys to, to tell me, right, if it's dependent on the age of the person when, when they're considering it. So, Jackie, investment products like RRSPs and TFSAs, high-interest savings accounts, and I'm sure there's, there's others, right? So what advice do you have for people who are looking at these things and, and what they should be considering when? Um, I always start with, you know, what is, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? So when, you know, when a young person comes in, because again, we're establishing habits and I always like to link it back to the impact it's going to have on their lives. So, you know, someone coming in that is, you know, just starting out in their career to start talking about retirement when you, you know, the ink is barely dry in your first paycheck is not going to be a meaningful discussion. But again, we're, we're trying to establish habits, habits. So maybe that initial conversation will be around, I'd like to, you know, pay off student debt, or I would like to establish an emergency fund, or I'd like to, you know, purchase a home at some point in the next few years. Um, but the the frame, you know, the goal is, I would suggest, almost irrelevant because the process you have to go to to be able to gain clarity around how we're going to achieve that goal is what will create that empowerment, that engagement, and form those habits. I had a couple in here um, who I've been working with for a number of years. And, you know, at various times when we sat down and talked and we, we reflected on that this past week, you know, initially it was about, you know, saving for their children's education and getting their mortgage debt down. You know, thankfully they did both because their children have started post-secondary and mortgage rates just went up, but they're not carrying as much debt as they were. And the comment was made, you know, I asked the question again, now with the cash flow that freed up from those goals, what are we trying to accomplish? And they were like, now we're shifting into retirement focus. So again, the motivations have changed, um, but the, you know, the process around gaining cash flow clarity and deciding how much we're going to allocate and whether it's an RSP or a TFSA or a first home savers account or any of, you know, any of the above that will really, uh, you know, become eminently clear to everyone involved once we identify what is it we're trying to accomplish because different types of savings vehicles apply to different types of goals and that's part of what people learn through those conversations. No, absolutely. And and it does depend on, you know, what you have available to you. And, you know, if you have, you know, room to be able to contribute to RSPs, you can get in trouble, right, if you don't know the rules around all those things. And it can end up costing you more money. So it is important to talk to someone to make sure that you're really exploring your options and what you should and shouldn't uh, be doing in the long run. And I think, Doretta, in addition to these, you know, savings vehicles and, and retirement um options or, you know, emergency savings options, buying home options, like all the things that Jackie talked about and building those habits. There's other considerations, I think, for people, right, when it comes to building their retirement funds and their ability to build those retirement funds. So, you know, looking at their budget, what is it now? What is it going to be? How much debt do they have? Do they have a debt reduction strategy to get them to a comfortable place in retirement? So what are your thoughts on these things? 
I think that the um, that the important thing is to really understand exactly where you are, um, and then to understand what your goals are and how you're going to get there. I mean, I think what Jackie says is just so so true. Um, and you know, there's an interesting thing about developing these habits. It has two dimensions to it. One of them is that developing that habit of saving. Um, but what that also does because that implies a sort of active thing of saving, but it also is teaching you to live at a lifestyle level that is not at your maximum income flow. And that will actually serve you well as you save for retirement, no matter what you're saving for, um, but also your lifestyle in retirement. Um, but I think in terms of other investment products, etc., there it is so complicated out there. I think this is where you really need to get advice um, and where you really need to make sure that you understand your own sensitivity to risk, um, that you really understand what that means. That's not just a check mark on a on, on an intake form, that you really understand these things and and not um, go down pathways that you're following blindly and that you really genuinely don't understand. Yeah, it's so important. And that's what we talk about, right? Making sure you can do your own research, but you can apply that research necessarily to your own situation. It's always better to talk to a professional who can explain it, you know, in terms that you can understand and really look at the impact on your own personal situation. Well, we have so much more to talk about on this topic. Please stay with us. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada, right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Doretta Thompson. She's the Director of Social Impact and Financial Literacy Leader for CPA Canada. And Jackie McCann-Scott, Certified Financial Planner and Owner of Lupin Planning Group. So we've been talking about retirement and retirement plan. And there's so many things that people have to consider. And, and you guys have had some really great advice for people who are, you know, no matter what stage they are, early retirement planning or as they're getting closer. But Jackie, I'd like to shift now and talk about current retirees because, you know, the CIBC survey did talk about um, that there are those out there who are already retired that are worried about running out of money. So what advice do you have for them and what are the things that they should be considering? Um, it's a very real concern, and I'm I'm seeing more with my retired clients that, you know, we're having to take their retirement cash flow needs in, you know, in phases. So there is, you know, what I call the the go go years of retirement when you're first retired, you're still, you know, healthy and and active and all the things you've never had time to do now you want to do. There's a different cash flow need for those go go years. Then you kind of settle into a routine, and I call those the slow go years. You know, where things are a little more settled. You know, you're probably not traveling as much or, you know, playing as much golf potentially. Um, now, you know, your cash flow needs, we may see a dip depending on if you factored in, you know, um, some health care coverage in retirement, which I think we should have a show on in the future. And then there's those what I call the the kind of the no-go years when you're looking at long-term care needs and your health issues. So um, we have to do it in phases. I think it helps to identify those phases that it's not just one number that will serve you throughout your retirement years. And then I try and build in some security for the closest phases. So right now um, there is a product um, 
it's been on the market for you know decades but right now it's a really attractive product it's called an annuity where you can take a portion of your retirement savings and you can actually purchase from an insurance provider a guaranteed income stream so that may cover those fixed expenses that are going to remain consistent and you know may very well take some of that worry away i also like to take advantage of some of the gic rates we're seeing right now uh, which we talked about in a recent show and maybe build in your next few years of cash flow need through a staggered you know gic where we're removing the risk identifying the cash flow need and and planning for that you know and then you know because you're engaged and empowered and and informed you know being able to take a little bit of risk to take advantage of some more growth opportunities on the money you've got earmarked for future phases so it's about being very intentional and very purposeful and being you know informed along the way no, absolutely. And if it's something that you are worried about, you know, it's like what I say to people who are worried about their debt, the best thing you can do is reach out and talk to someone to find out what you could be, should be, or, or is best for you, you to do. And just, you know, knowing what the options are and the options that you have will take that stress, uh, stress away. I think something else that's interesting, you know, as we talk about people who are currently um, retired is, you know, they have been saving for the retirement for so long and now they're moving into a phase where they're spending that retirement money and I'm sure there's a bit of a, a shift right that needs to happen uh, for people to prepare and, and to feel okay about uh, moving from saving to spending. Dreda what are your thoughts on that? I think it's um, it's a very real thing and I, I, I do hear about this and it also makes me really sad um, that people who have saved and, and do in fact have the room to enjoy the fruits of their labor um, I really struggle with a psychological shift um, and I have to say on a personal level I, I probably fall into that group I, I really identify with that kind of I'm one of those big saver people and it's really hard for me to, to let go of that um, but I think that, that again it's, it's having you know solid financial projections advice and really understanding the, the assets you have for this stage of retirement, particularly in those go-go years. And for some people, it may also be that they want to um, uh, put some of their assets into the hands of their children now to help them buy houses or whatever. I would have a real caution around that. Um, there are we, we, we're, there are people who are now actually threatening their own retirement um, by taking those kinds of steps because they're trying to, to help their children. But if you have a very clear view of what your assets, et cetera, are, I think um, not being afraid to enjoy them is a really important step. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, it is the best of intentions, right, when you're trying to help your kids and set them up for success and sort of, you know, relieve any stress or anxiety you might be feeling about them being set up for success. But you want to make sure you're not doing it in a vacuum, right, and that you're getting the advice and making sure to your point or out of that you're not actually um, going to harm your own ability to uh, retire comfortably, right, and make sure that you're, all your needs are going to be uh, being taken care of. Well, ladies, we've had such 
great advice for our listeners today. And we'll have some time now for some final thoughts. So, Jackie, I'll start with you. If you could leave our listeners with some final thoughts today, what would it be? Um, I guess I I just want to echo what I had um, or repeat, I guess, what I said earlier about, you know, um, having having that clarity and understanding what your numbers are and what your goals are and, you know, and having an action plan to fill the gap between the two. Um, You know, seeing yourself in the numbers is so important and will keep you on track when, you know, all the noise that we're hearing from, you know, reports like the ones we're talking about can easily distract and discourage. Um, You know, you need to see yourself in the numbers and track your progress. Celebrate those little wins and victories along the way. There is a way to make retirement happen. It may have to change a little bit, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. And, you know, working with those levers of right now, can we save a little more, spend a little less? And is there any, you know, big decisions or drastic changes that we can make that will, you know, get us where we need to be? So, uh, you know, there's there's so much uh, to talk about. And again, I've said it before, don't try to do this alone. There's no need, no need. Absolutely. And, you know, knowing um, what your options are, knowing what you could be doing, should be doing um, to make your retirement dream come true is so important, right? So talk to someone to find out what those options are. Like, so you can do research on, online. There's lots of great information. And in fact, you know, there's lots of great information on the CPA Canada website and on the, the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada's website around this stuff as well. But you can't replace talking to someone about your personal situation. So Jackie, thanks so much for joining me today. Happy to be here. And Doretta, if you can leave our listeners with a final thought today, what would it be? I'm afraid I have nothing profound to add to that because it would really be to have a plan wherever you are in your financial life. Um, You know, the best time to start planning was probably yesterday, but the second best best time is now. Um, And that it will, I know a lot of people are afraid of that process. They resist that process. But honestly, the clarity that it brings you ends up being an enormous relief and and a preventer of more stress. Absolutely. Well, ladies, I know there's people out there thinking, you know, I should learn more. I should talk to someone. So, uh, Doretta, if people wanted more information uh, on CPA Canada and your financial literacy programs, what's the best way for them to get that? Uh, You can access all our resources on our website, which is at www.cpacanada.ca slash financial literacy. Um, But there are two books in our, our, uh, we have a series of consumer books, and there are two of them that I would recommend and you can get these from any bookstore or you know Indigo or, or um, Amazon. One is The Procrastinator's Guide to Retirement and the other one is The Last Act Closing the Book on Your Finances. Um, so you may want to take a peek at those. Great. Thanks again for joining me. And Jackie, for people who maybe want to reach out to you and get some advice on their own personal situation, what's the best way for them to do that? They can send me an email. That's Jackie at lupinplanninggroup.ca, spelled L-U-P-I-N. Or they can certainly call our office at 709-781-3526. We're happy to to be of service for sure. For listeners out there, if you're struggling with how you're going to make your retirement affordable, maybe there's some debt that you need to deal with, you want to know what your options could be, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. If you have a topic or suggestion that you want to talk, want me to talk about here on Your Money, you can email me at yourmoney at pdo.ca or give me a call at 800 563 
1-800-273-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoneyatbdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, License Insolvency Trustees, on your VOCM.